0: Welcome on back, Lockdown Syracuse Podcast, Thursday edition, and we are done with our exit interview series. If you missed any of those, go back and check them out wherever you get your podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the transfer portal and recruiting, and just update you guys on all things that are happening in regards to that, and who Syracuse could potentially add in the transfer portal off-season time period here. We will dive deep on all things recruiting and the transfer portal, including Judah Mintz, Sky Clark. Everyone that Syracuse is sort of linked to right now. That is all coming up on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. You are locked on Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome in. Thank you for making us your first listen every single weekday. We are the only place to get daily Syracuse podcasts. Keep up to date with all things Syracuse athletics by subscribing to the show if you haven't already. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, and Ty, we have entered the Transfer portal SZN season, as the kids Mm -hmm. say, it is games over for Syracuse. So now, as we talked about yesterday, it hasn't really heated up too much, at least in the Syracuse lens. But there are some coaches out there that are moving on to different programs and we'll dive into potentially some names they could add. But let's start a lot of decommits
1: out there. The The pool is opening up, which is something we don't really see this late in in the cycle for 2022.
0: So. We'll dive into some of the individual guys, and we'll touch on Judah Mintz, Sky Clark, and the chances that Syracuse gets them in just a second. But let's start here. What is your goal for Syracuse, your wish list for Syracuse, in terms of how many players do you want them to add, given what we know right now and who's coming back? What are the positions that you really think Syracuse needs to target in the transfer portal and even, I guess, in recruiting when you consider Judah Mintz and that 2022 class may not be done. What would be your ideal scenario for a Syracuse offseason?
1: I'd be looking at a guy... Well, I think this team, as much as we've talked about the defense needs to get better, this team needs scoring. You lost Buddy beheim a guy who averaged a little over 19 points per game. It's not easy to replace, especially if you don't know... What's the the status with Cole Swider? We talked a little bit about him and the chances that he returns when we did our exit interview the other day. But who is going to score on this team next season outside of Joe Girard? And again, some people will say, oh, it's Jesse Edwards. But how far can this team go if Jesse Edwards is your second leading scorer? I don't think it's a very far path, and it's certainly not an NCAA tournament team in my eyes. I look at it as this team either through the transfer portal or through maybe picking up one of these guys who has decommitted as a result of some coaching movement this offseason, there needs to be some offense. And I'm looking for an athletic guy who can probably do a a lot of offense and give you a little bit of defensive support as well. So I'm looking for scoring. This team's going to need to score some points next season.
0: My biggest concern is a point guard. I think. I know yeah. Simir Torrance looked good at the end of the season, and we spoke pretty highly of him coming off his run in the ACC tournament and what he did when he got some full playing time, his ability to step down to the forward line of the defense, the fact that I think he could be a very solid man to man defender if they choose to go some man to man next season. But I would like Simir Torrance to be the third guard for Syracuse in I a perfect world next year. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that I think has proven some people wrong, including myself, to this point. But I don't know if he is your starting point guard if you have an NCAA tournament team, honestly. I think right now, I've been on record of this. I don't know if the entire fan base agrees with me. As the roster is constructed right now, given what we know, and given partially my inclination, I don't think Cole Swider's coming back, but we will see. This is not an NCAA tournament roster right now, is my opinion, at least. I think we're looking at another underwhelming season. I do think there's reasons to talk yourself into, okay, Joe Girard off the ball more. Maybe he develops into a player that we're hoping for. But it's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of unknowns. And to me, as Syracuse has showed already, they have been very aggressive by trying to add a point guard. Sky Clark, even who we'll talk about, seems like a long shot, but the fact that they reached out to him, yeah. Judah Mintz is in the conversation right now with Syracuse. And it seems like they're sort of waiting on his decision there. We'll see. But I would like Symir Torrance to be the first guard off the bench. And I would like to have a pass first point guard to pair next to Joe Girard because I think that helps out the offensive issues. You're kind of laying out a little bit.
1: I didn't think we would be this deep in the cycle and already have five guys locked in to be a part of Syracuse's 2022 recruiting class and for this staff to be searching as actively as they are for a freshman. Again, I can see a transfer portal ad, but bringing in a a freshman class of six guys, that's a lot, especially for a coach whose timeline you do not know in terms of a retirement plan. So I think that, When you are are this deep, again, I'm with you. I I think this team does need another point guard. I mean, it just needs more guards. Is that not something we learned last season? Guard depth is important. And if this team had more guards, you maybe feel a little bit better about their chances of even beating a Duke in in that ACC tournament run. But I think guards paramount. And I do think it has to be a a slightly offensive-minded player, too, because we've seen time and time again, and I know – Syracuse's best teams have been defensive, but this team is going to need to find some scoring somewhere because even the most defensive minded of Syracuse teams even go back to what Syracuse had with Tyus battle. Those were super defensive minded teams, but Tyus battle could score the basketball and he could be an isolation player. He could get to the basket. He could score at all three levels. Syracuse doesn't have a Tyus battle on this team right now. And the thing about Tyus is that he did it on both sides of the floor. He was a great defender and he was also a really strong offensive player too. They don't have that guy on the roster right now.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'm totally to the point of view where I feel like scoring is maybe going to be the biggest issue next year. I still would lean towards let's just find a guy that's all around and maybe even more defensive minded than offensive minded if I could pick, but even if they add a solid point guard, like if Judah Mintz is added to this roster, I don't know if necessarily that elevates them to a surefire NCAA tournament team. I think it would be nice to also add a wing type of score, especially if Cole Swider leaves. If Cole Swider mm-hmm. does not leave, then you kind of already have that. But if not, I would look for someone that is like Cole Swider, but a much better defender. And they've had success recruiting that position, whether it's, Elijah Hughes is more of a guard type of player, but that type of wing isolation score, Andrew White comes to mind. He would be a a good guy to add to this type of roster. And you can make a case, all right, well, Benny can be that guy for you. But again, this is Syracuse. We're talking about trying to get a team back to the top 25 ranks, trying to get a team back to up near the top of the ACC. And the roster I'm looking at right now, Even if Benny pops, even if Jesse continues to progress, even if Joe Girard plays better off the ball, I think they're like the seventh best team in the ACC if things line up. So why don't we add a proven point guard and a proven forward, I think will be the two things. Center feels pretty good if Frank Anselin comes back. I'm not too worried about that, which is kind of odd to say. Usually that's who we're after, the to pay types in the transfer Mm -hmm. portal, but we're not even probably too concerned about that this year. I would just like to see a guy that could be a leading scorer on the team kind of replace Buddy's points per game and also a point guard that could help Gerard kind of play his natural position.
1: Well, okay, you say you feel great about the center and don't get me wrong, I feel good about the center too, but what's that center position going to look like offensively if you lose Cole, Buddy, and Jimmy? Like that created a lot of space for Jesse and that allowed him to get some easy buckets around the rim. So I do think you need some shooting to add to this team. Um, in terms of the the overall outlook, again, like you brought up, the, getting this team to the top twenty-five, like this is Syracuse basketball. Yeah, we're talking about this team. Like, oh, can they get back to the tournament? Oh, can they get to right. the bubble? Can it's we sad. hover around? And be- <laughs> that's not what this program is. That's not what this program should be. We should be talking about can this team get to the Sweet Sixteen? Can they get to the Elite Eight? Can they get to a Final Four? Can we have preseason? expectations of a final four and be in the hunt to win a championship. That's what this program's supposed to be. And the fact that it's stooped to the level it is right now is disheartening. You have to go out and, and take some big swings this off season, I think, because who knows, is this the last run for Jim Beheim? It could be. could be. And you don't want to send them out on a non-tournament team. You'd want to send them out as a team that has the ability from the get-go to get to the final four and not just some team that can make a cute little run to the sweet six. No, you should be able to put a team out there that can get to the final four your Syracuse basketball act like it.
0: So we'll dive into the chances that Judah Mintz is maybe a guy that they add. We'll discuss what we're hearing, what we're thinking on the likelihood of Judah Mintz coming to Syracuse, also sky Clark. And then also later on the show, talk about some of the transfer portal additions that Syracuse could possibly bring in, considering what is out there in the transfer portal right now. But so your bracket is busted, you and everyone else at this point in the season. Don't worry, though. We believe in second chances, and so do our friends over at Run Your Pool. Round up your friends who picked Baylor, Kentucky, or any other high seed to win it all and start a Sweet 16 pool at runyourpool.com. Slash locked on along with sweet 16 brackets. Run your pool offers a squares pool. Yes, it's just like the Super Bowl stuff to keep things interesting every week of the tournament. That's a fun idea. Brackets bust, but the fun does not have to stop. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at the big media bracket sites. If you're looking to expand your horizons, run your pool has. Games for just about every sport, including the NBA, PGA, MLB, and even the Oscars coming up this weekend if you want to have some fun. Once the madness ends, try something new. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because we've run our Survivor and Bracket Contest there this year ourselves. Start your chance at a Sweet 16 pool. And more right now at runyourpool.com backslash locked on. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on.
1: Hey, Tim just told you about the brackets. Everyone's is busted at this point. Mine's not looking good either, but I still have some cash sitting around thanks to Stat Heroes Pick'em Challenge. And if you haven't checked out this new platform, you're really missing out. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pick'em hits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy. And sports gambling. Just take a look at a guy like Oscar Shibway. He dominated in that game against, against St. Peter's for Kentucky. He had 30 points and 16 rebounds, but his team didn't win, and your back bracket was busted as a result of that. So take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players like Oscar Shibway that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They just post sets of players, and you do the rest. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions
0: apply. All right, so Judah Mintz, our old friend, who we've been talking about it feels like for a while now, he has been in the discussion with Syracuse, 53rd player on the 24/7 Sports class rankings of 2022, a combo guard who is that's the composite 53rd, 24/7 Sportesm, 73rd best player in the class. There are a good amount of predictions right now that he is going to DePaul. A couple crystal balls are in for DePaul. With a 7 out of 10 confidence score from one from a DePaul insider and one from a general 24-7 sports basketball recruiting analyst who is 59 for 59 in his accuracy in this year and 93 for 96 all time. So 97% of the time he's been right on making these predictions. Was it was the, like, the portal
1: updates, uh, dude on Facebook. Is that the guy who's uh,
0: who's making these predictions
1: yeah, here? Yeah,
0: I don't think so. I think that guy's about zero for one hundred. That account that I uh, uh, said Joe Girard is probably transferring, which we joke about a lot. But it looks like tea leaves pointing to DePaul, which is a bummer. Let's start with this: How upset should Syracuse fans be? If they lose a recruit to DePaul, I know Zion Cruz was one recently. DePaul is a program that is typically recruited above their weight. And now they have the new coach Morgan Stubblefield's his yeah. name, right? Yeah. Tony yeah. Stubblefield. Good recruiter. Clearly to me, there's a lot of fans that I've talked to that are like, how are we losing this guy to DePaul? And I hear them, but also I don't really care too much that it's DePaul. I I just am bummed that he's picking a school. That's not Syracuse.
1: Yeah. I, I look at it. This isn't the only way you can look at it, but one little lens that I look through is would you be upset if a recruit picked Oregon over Syracuse and Tony Stubblefield was a big time yeah, recruiter. <laughs> right. And shout out Quincy Garrier. Uh, yeah. Would you be that upset by it? And Stubblefield's a big time recruiter that tapped into a lot of the same markets that Syracuse went into. When you look at Canada, um, Addison Patterson was one of those guys too, who picked Oregon over Syracuse like, Syracuse has a a history of losing to Tony Stubblefield a decent amount over the last handful of years, so I wouldn't be too upset in that regard. I think he's a great recruiter recruiting out of a a great city. I may be biased, but recruiting into a great city, trying to revive a program that plays in a really nice arena, plays in a great city, and they, they want this fan base back. At DePaul, and I think they're on the precipice of doing that. Playing in the Big East, so you get to play in all of these really cool venues across the country as well. Um, I wouldn't be too upset on losing out to to a DePaul. What I would be upset is, listen, there's all these different guys now that are sort of out in the open. I, I'd be upset if Syracuse wasn't doing their homework uh, and wasn't showing some interest. I'm not saying they have to go out and get one of these guys, but. If they're not throwing feelers out to some of these really high-profile guys that are on the market now because Will Wade was fired, because Mike White left Florida, if those guys aren't being reached out to, then I would be upset.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think that is why they went after Sky Clark a little bit, and I don't necessarily know if that means much in regards to Judah Mintz. We talked about that on a previous podcast You can make case maybe they go after Sky Clark because Judah Mintz is not looking likely and they're moving on. But also, I just think Sky Clark's the top 10 player in the class. And once he becomes open, you give him a phone call. Or right. If you're not doing that as Griff or as Red Autry or GMAC, you're really just not doing your job at this point. Another recent decommitment that I find interesting is the Xavier guy, Desmond Claude, who is a 2022 guy believe top 30 in his class, according to most services, 6'5 point guard, just decommitted from Xavier, who just moved on from Travis Steele. They're bringing back Sean Miller, a guy that I think Syracuse never, they never offered, I know that, but they definitely had some communication with him in the past. So they probably got his number. They probably have his parents type of contact information. Maybe that's one that you reopen a conversation with. Haven't heard anything in regards to that. But that's the type of player that would be great to add. A top 100 talent that elevates this class to something different. Judah Mintz would fall into that category. But right now, it seems like Judah Mintz is leading towards DePaul. Things could change. Definitely. I'm not ruling it out. I'm sure they're still actively recruiting him. But at this point, I'm a little bummed about the idea of Judah Mintz coming to Syracuse. I'm with
1: you, and with a guy like Claude, like that's kind of the the profile of a player you want at the top of your zone. Six foot five, long, like that's the guy that yeah. it just feels like a, a bump up from a guy like Kadir Copeland too. That that you already right. have a, as a part of this class, and I, I think you should be active in the point guard market, whether it is a transfer, whether it is a recruit that has all of a sudden become available. And guess what? Like you're kind of in a good spot because a lot of these players that you're going after are guys that um, I think like you have a need for that. And a lot of these other top tier programs that you may be going up against have probably filled out that need at this point, whether it's they know there's a guy returning or they already have filled that part of their class out in, in recruiting for 2022. It's very rare that you see this many players become available this late. Like we're, it's almost April at this point, and you're right. still talking about some really high level players that are available for you. And I think it's something that Syracuse needs to look at, especially with this LSU exodus that you're seeing right now, because there are four guys that have decommitted. One's a, a 2023 guy. So, three guys in this class that have decommitted. You're talking about, um, uh, who are we looking at? Johan Treort, who's a, ce- a center probably not going to be looking as much in the center market here, but you look at someone like Julian Phillips, that's a, a five-star forward, Devin Ree, he's a four-star forward. This is a team that could use a forward too, especially yeah. a guy with versatility and athleticism, like some of those guys possess. So I think you should be looking at some of these LSU guys that are now out of their letters of intent and try to, to add something like that because this team just needs some bodies right now. This team needs some talent, on its roster too, like what have we seen with a lot of these guys in their class? Like their their rankings have slipped, and it's because they maybe struggled a little bit in their high school and AAU seasons.
0: Yeah, I'll say this right now: if they do not add someone that we do not know is going to be on the roster next year, so excluding a co Swider coming back, mm-hmm. it's not an NCAA tournament team no. for me. In fact, like, it's, it's be, far, it's far yeah. from
1: it's even further than this one was.
0: Yeah, I think. I think it's the worst roster Syracuse has had at the start of a season in quite some time. Last year's roster, I was low on, and I don't think it worked well together. You could make a case that next year's team is a little bit better equipped to work as a team. It might be better than the sum of its parts potentially, but the but parts it's a lot of freshmen. Good. It's a lot of
1: freshmen that you would be asking to be.
0: It's it's young, it's inexperienced, it's unproven. It's not a winning formula. Yeah, it scares me. So if they don't get mints, I hope they are uh, ultra aggressive on Claude or Clark or another type of talent in that class or in the transfer portal because we'll get into some names here in a second from the transfer portal. But I think it would be really concerning if Syracuse did not add a player that we do not know is on the roster going into next year. I really feel passionately about that. This team coming back next year for a while, I've looked ahead to this roster and thought, yikes, like that's not a great roster for Jim Bayheim's potential last season. And I understand that these recruits, I'm actually a believer in the class long-term, but gosh, I don't like the idea of playing five freshmen right out of the gate or playing two or three starters that are freshmen like Jim Beheim has said. I I just don't think that's a recipe for improving their regular season standing from what we've seen recently.
1: Right, the class may work out long-term, but when you say it works out long-term, that means these guys are staying three, four years. And this is a, a, we're talking about a one-year project here of turning this thing around and getting into the NCAA tournament. This is a fan base that's going to get really impatient if this is two or three straight years of missing the NCAA tournament, it, like, yeah, there, there's murmurs, there's cries now, but w- you miss the tournament another year and maybe even a third year after that, like, then you're really going to start to hear things get unruly with this fan base and, and deservedly so.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go over some transfer portal names in just a second. It is that time of the year, though, where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Built Bars are delicious and good for you. Most of the Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Every single Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. Even the Puffs, which is a personal favorite of mine and a fan favorite. The Built Bar Puffs come in some incredible flavors You got coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, to name a couple of them. You've got to try out some Built Bars today. You can scroll down the macros chart, and you'll be blown away because all of these bars are high-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, and low-carb as well. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. Again, that is a promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built.com. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So transfer portal-wise, let's start out with this name, a familiar name to some loyal Syracuse fans. Quincy Ballard has entered the portal. Florida State Center, played against Cuse briefly in the Dome this year. Really did not do much at Florida State fit the Florida state profile of a long athletic guy. And he is a Syracuse local. You might remember that he had Syracuse in his original top three or top five and, and picked Florida state and Leonard Hamilton. Again, center's not really my priority, which is weird to say. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still sort of a project, which we knew going in. And I don't like the idea that at Florida state, which is kind of a system that's designed for him, given that they played 10 or 11 guys, he did not play much. So I would not be thrilled or wouldn't change my opinion on the team that much if they went after Quincy Ballard. But I see why people are bringing it up because of the Syracuse ties.
1: I get the connection, but I just don't think the need is there. And again, we talked about it in the past. Like you don't want three centers on a roster per se, especially a guy who you don't think is going to play. You'd like to just kind of rely on having two centers and just rotate between the two of them. And maybe if one's stashed away as a, a freshman in the class, all right. But if you bring in Ballard, you could potentially have four centers on your roster. And there is just not the the roster right. space. Like
0: if Frank Anselm leaves, maybe you consider it, but I, I don't really think he I, I see him going down a level versus going to a Syracuse. And yeah, it, i get why people are saying it because all the guys we added last year were connections. One of them literally Jimmy Vanheim was connected to the coach pretty well already. But mm-hmm. the, you would maybe based on last year think, all right, they're only going to go after guys that they've had previous relationships with, but I don't see him really fitting into next year's roster.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I, I, There's just not a space for him. And and quite frankly, I don't think that's the the player that Syracuse needs right now. You you don't need center center should not be on the brain, especially if Anselm's coming back. You're going to have three on your roster with yeah. Edwards and Carey along with Anselm. And I don't think Carrie's going to play a whole heck of
0: a lot. So you're going to add a fourth guy? Where, where's the path to playing time there? Right. Not the position that they need it. The other one that I just want to shut down, because I've seen it out there on Twitter, and oh I think it's kind of ridiculous. The idea that Kadari Richmond, who for clarity has not entered the portal, but Seton Hall has moved coaches, looks like Shaheen Holloway is going to be their new head coach, Kevin Willard going to Maryland. Kadari's not coming back to Syracuse, guys. Like it's, yeah. There's no shot here, and it would be a total comeback with your tail between your legs type of situation. That it's not, and also, I don't really necessarily know. I mean, I of course I would want him back. It would sound wrong to come like I think he's a good player, but it just doesn't feel right that he would come back, and I don't see it ever happening. So, like, would Jim
1: Beheim even take him back? too yeah. that's another thing that's I, what i'm wondering yeah listen if Kadari's if transferring i would this is what i would guess would happen he well i think there's a decent chance he could stay at seton hall and become the starting point guard there or wouldn't he just go with kevin willard to maryland like maybe that's i feel like from a playing time standpoint or from a, a level of program standpoint it's a jump up in program for sure Otherwise, Willard wouldn't have made the jump. And sure. you're playing in a better conference for the most part in the Big Ten. Like he would probably just go with Willard to, to Maryland. So if, yeah. if he were to move at all.
0: And by the way, just looking at Kadari's stats nine points, 3.6 rebounds, four assists this year for Seton Hall. His minutes bumped up from 52% of the minutes used at Syracuse to 64% at Seton Hall. Possessions went from 19% at Syracuse to 24%, according to Ken Palm at Seton Hall. He kind of would have just gotten that bump at Syracuse, probably. So, to anyone yeah. that I mean, maybe he wouldn't, but I think he probably would have played more than he did. I think as we a saw freshman. the patience
1: with for Joe Girard decrease a little bit this year. With yeah. Jim Bayheim. There were too many bad Joe Girard games where Kadari would have come in, Kadari would have played. 27 to 30 minutes in those games and would have yeah. probably put up equal, if not better numbers, because he may have had a higher comfort level out there. And think about the defensive depletion. Like Samir's a good defender. Kadari was a great defender in the zone last year. Right?
0: No, I, I look, I like Kadari, but I would, I just want to note that a lot of people, when he transferred, thought the sky was falling and they were assuming that he was going to go put up 20 points at Seton hall. And then, beeline for the NBA and it hasn't worked out that way. And I think there's something to be said about that. And we have heard a lot about the work ethic stuff that it's a real thing. He also dealt with an injury this year. He would have been a perfect player on Syracuse's roster this year, but I do think him going to Seton Hall and having kind of similar numbers sort of proves that maybe we overvalued him as a fan base a little bit last year.
1: I don't think we overvalued him just because sometimes seeing a player
0: transfer like
1: there, listen, Kadari had some great games at Seton hall. I, he I'm did. To yeah. Remember, there was one that he, he went off for like 20 something points. I think it was right. Um, I think having the continuity of being in the same program year to year is an important thing too. And that's a big reason why they used to have the one year sit out rule with, with these transfers is you get the continuity and then you can come in and perform at a high level, get your academic bearings down too. So I think that if Kadari was at Syracuse, like I know, Beheim loves Joe Girard, but the way that the season was going, especially from the defensive end, if Kadari had proven the work ethic, I wouldn't have been surprised if we would have seen a Jalen Carey Joe Girard situation where maybe there was a passing of the torch in season. Or maybe they try to do a little it's more big stuff. Why wouldn't it
0: have happened last year when Gerard played even worse and had COVID and all that?
1: Well, if it, if it to me, it feels like the some of the stubbornness, and I don't think there was nearly the defensive depletion last year, as in the Sweet 16 run. I don't think that was nearly what it was this season. Like this was a historically bad defense that was grasping at straws for anything. And if Kadari was on this team. I do think it would have been a much higher minutes load for him as long as as yeah. as long as the work ethic stuff and the practices were good. Right. I think it would have been.
0: Yeah, I think he would have probably played about 65% of the minutes at Syracuse yeah. like he did at Seton Hall. So All right, well, we will get out of here with that. A couple names that I've seen already in the transfer portal just as we leave. Marcus Hammond's a guy from Niagara I think is interesting at the guard position. Cam Hayes, NC State, has entered the portal. Don't think there's much of a relationship there with Syracuse already. Will Richard from Belmont, another forward that I think could be interesting, but I will be honest. There's not a ton right now. And I think it's just where we're at in the process. So we'll continue to keep you guys updated. I think more stars, more legit starter options for Syracuse are going to become available. And we haven't heard a ton of them going after the guys that are out there right now on the transfer portal, but I would like to see them continue to go after guys. Cause I think Tyler and I One are Some of That stuff happens
1: that- at the final four too like all the coaches are there they're talking hey like do you think this guy would be a fit with my program do you think that guy would be a fit with your program like wait until after the final four because that's when i think all this stuff is going to heat up
0: yeah no doubt so all right well we will keep you updated on all things transfer portal and recruiting we'll be back on the show tomorrow updating you on any breaking news syracuse wise and continuing to look ahead to the off season here on the locked on syracuse podcast subscribe to the show if you haven't already Also check us out on YouTube. If you haven't done that, you can watch each and every episode there. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.